puts it down. I wonder how good at following instructions you are. Um, <laughs> some people, are you one of those people that when you get the, uh, the, uh, the new thing through from Ikea or whatever it is, are you the person who looks at the instructions or do you think, oh no, I can do that without it? Well, let's see. Let's see how you are. I'm going to give you some instructions on something I should like you to draw. Now, there should be either some plain pieces of A5 or if you haven't got those, then you can use the, the back of one of those sheets. So those people are upstairs, you've got on the tables either end. You don't have to do this, but if you feel so inclined, just to, to, to get the old brain ticking. Right, so here we go. So it can be pencil pen, whatever it is that you fancy doing, or you can just listen and see, make a mental image in your mind's eye if you prefer. Okay, so you're going to draw a plan or, yeah, draw a diagram of a very specific uh, table, specific design for a specific table. Right, so um, the first part that I'm going to describe to you is the tabletop, all right? Now, if you want to do this all swanky and go all 3D on me, all right, you can uh, put it at the, the squiff if you like, but these are the dimensions, all right, that I'd like you to do. So... Uh, if you prefer to do it just flat, that's fine. Right, so the top of the table is, see how good you are at guesstimating, um, about nine centimetres long. I can't go imperial on this. I thought I did well getting it in this because I've translated it from cubits, I'm not going to lie. So about nine centimetres long and it's about four and a half centimetres wide, the tabletop that you're drawing. Okay, these are the juice scale. Okay. So, <laughs> right, interesting. Okay. Each corner needs, obviously, because it's a table, it's going to need a leg coming down that's about six, roughly 6.8 centimetres in length, please. I oh, know, so sorry. I should have done inches as well, shouldn't I? Just under three, David says. So you can blame him if it now looks out of whack. Just under, yeah. So what the sage people are saying, yes, just under three inches, yeah. So, okay, so you should now have a tabletop and four legs. Um, now, unusually for this table, uh, imagine what, what we've got sort of a bit like here on, on this, um, what's the face, pulpit, okay, on this pulpit, you've got a rim that I would like you to draw. It's about a centimetre high on your tabletop. So a bit like what we've got here, a little rim, sort of that, so that if you were to put anything on that table, it could never go off, it could never slide off, because you've got like a fence all the way around, it's a one centimetre fence on the top of your table. Let's see how good you are following this instruction. Right. So now, at each corner, where you've drawn the legs, down the side, you need to have um, a ring, a, a, a circle, a ring, please. At each corner, okay, so four rings, top of, top of the, uh, where the, the top of the table, uh, no, where the top of the table leg meets the table, you can put a ring. Tell you what, I'm giving you slightly more instructions than the internet's got, just saying. Okay. So, 
Where you've got the table leg, so you should have four. At the top where the table leg meets the table, there needs to be a ring, a ring, a big ring, because the next, because you'll understand why, because the next thing that's going to be drawn is a pole through either side. <laughs> Look at me really blankly. So you have a ring on each corner. So a ring at each corner of your table. Yeah? So a ring, a circle here, circle here, like a donut, donut shape here, donut shape here, type thing. Yeah? Okay. All right. Then, if you've managed all that, one, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Next thing, two, right, now you've got to imagine, draw a pole, like a, you know, like a broom handle, that goes through that ring, through to that ring, and another broom handle that goes from that ring all the way through that ring as well. Now, I sort of feel like I'm going to be the teacher now and come around and inspect your work. Wow. Gold star for Dick. She's done a very good. Wow, very interesting. Okay. <laughs> the fault, if it's not right, is with me, obviously, because instructions weren't clear. So that's how it goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, the poles go down the lengths of the table. Should have said that, shouldn't I? Sort of showed it. Okay. Whew. So bravo if you manage to do it. Now, finally, if you've got the option, you could colour it yellow. You really don't have to. But um, if you were to, to really finish this off, you would colour it yellow and it would look gorgeous. Um, because what you have drawn-ish, um, what you've drawn should look something like what we're going to have up there. The tabernacle table. Okay. You go, oh, you just should have shown us that. That would have been easier, wouldn't it? Then you could have copied it. <laughs> right, so I can hear grumbling already. Okay, so this was the table. This is an artist's impression of the table. That was the tabernacle. Okay, so the Israelites were free from Egypt, and they were now wandering around the desert, and they needed a place to worship God. But they needed that place to be portable. They needed to be able to be able to move, because they're wandering around according to where God wants them to be. So they needed a, a bit of a camping, kind of portable table. But it needed to be special, because this was going to be used as part of the worship for, for, of Yahweh, of God. So it needed to be really special. And God gave the people of Israel really specific instructions. But, um, yeah, and actually they did do a really good job. Um, so it sounded like this. Make a table of acacia wood. So it was very specific wood. Make a table of acacia wood, two, two cubits long. So I could have given you cubits. I thought I was quite nice giving you 90 centimetres, it would have been. So just, you know, 90 centimetres a cubit wide, 45 centimetres, and a cubit and a half in height, 68 centimetres. Overlay it, this is where the yellow comes in, overlay it with pure gold. Said it had to be special because it was part of God's worship, worship of God. Pure gold and make a gold moulding around it. Also, make around it a rim, a hand breadth, a hand breadth wide, about apparently seven and a half centimetres. 
and put a gold molding on that ring. Make four gold rings for the table, fasten them to the four corners where the four legs are. The rings are to be close to the rim to hold the poles used in carrying the table. So that's why they had the poles. So they could literally pick it up, a couple of people, maybe more, because it actually probably would be at least four, wouldn't it? Because it would be quite heavy, all that gold, to be able to carry it around as God led them. Um, but the other thing that they needed was um, some gold plates. Now, this is where <laughs> my budget doesn't quite go to uh, what the Israelites worked with. My gold table, <laughs> which is about as good as it gets, yellow cloth. Um, and uh, they were to have two gold plates that would go on them. And on each plate, there would be some special loaves that had been specially made. And they were called the, uh, the you might already know this, I apologise if I'm teaching people this stuff extra, but they were to put on these the special recipe of bread. Now, it was a special recipe because that bread was going to be there the whole week. So it, it, wasn't, it couldn't go off because it was going to be eaten. It had to be out to be shown to the people. It had to be out to be shown to the people. So it was sometimes referred to as the shown bread. So I've got one gold platter. That's all right there. Gold platter. And I've got six flat unleavened, uh, flat bread on there. Six on that one. And, and then six on this one. And they would remain out all week for um, the Israelites to, uh, to see. They also would have um, on there, I'll put some here, um, possibly some wine. Sometimes it, I've seen versions that talk about sort of frankincense as well, but um, some uh, wine as well. I'm afraid I don't run to a gold um, jug, but that would have been everything on here, basically. You get the, you get the idea, everything is gold. Um, but, um, so that's what the, the table of the tabernacle, the special table was there, and it, um, it was, you had six here, six pieces of bread here, six pieces of, of, of bread there, and they were basically representing all of the tribes of Israel. So they were all there, the people of Israel, and it was reminding them that God was with them, always, always had been, always will be, that God was with them, God was present, so sometimes it's called a presence, a presence table as well. So God was present with them wherever they went, whatever situation they were in. And that also God provided, because it also was a little bit like the manna that, they, that God had provided for them. So it was a constant reminder throughout the week they could look at that table and they could be shown. And it was only shown, because even though it represented them, only certain people could come to this table. Only the priests. So, my invitation to come to this table only goes out to anyone who is um, an ordained minister or someone who has been a minister and is retired or perhaps um, they are currently a minister. I seem to see that both of our ministers, I think they're still away on holiday, aren't they? No, they're missing out. I don't get it. Okay, have we any others that are ordained? People are starting to point a little bit now. Right, so Howard, um, I'll tell you what, I shall bring it to you. Well, you're, you know, it's only to you. Out of the entire group that we have here, knock yourself out. <laughs> There's another plate if you're feeling really peckish. Um, but uh, that's, 
That's just for you. You're the only one. You're the only one that can come to this table. There's something a little bit sad about that. But even though it was for the people of Israel, it represented the people of Israel, the only people that could actually come to that table were the priests. And in our case, we literally have only one person out of this whole congregation that could uh, take up the opportunity or not. <laughs> so, hmm, okay. Um, we're going to come back to this idea about who can come to the table um, shortly. Uh, our next song reminds us that actually we have a high priest um, that acts in a very different way to those priests that were so sort of elitist where only they could do certain things in certain places at certain times. No, we have a high priest that changed everything. We have a high priest, it's because of him that we can come into God's presence. And it's because of him that all can come. Those of you who have spotted that we've got some sign uh, language, you could say that you can all can come to the table, so all can come to the table and drink from his cup. You can come to the table to never have enough of his love. So let's stand if you're able to sing before the throne of God above.
I'm now going to have our reading being read to us, uh, read to us by Miriam and Jason. Thank you. Jesus sent Peter and John off, saying, Go prepare the Passover for us so we can eat together. They said, Where do you want us to do this? He said, Keep your eyes open and as you enter the city, a man carrying a jug of water will meet you. Follow him home. Then speak to the owner of the house. The teacher wants us to know where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples. He will show you a big second story room swept and ready to prepare the meal then. They left and found everything just as he told them and prepared the Passover meal. When it was time, he sat down, all the apostles with him, and said, You've no idea how much I have looked forward to eating the Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last one I'll eat until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. Taking the cup, he blessed it, then said, Take this and pass it among you. As for me, I'll not drink wine again until the kingdom of God arrives. Taking the bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Eat it in my memory. He did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant written in blood, blood poured out for you. So Jesus had his disciples prepare for the Passover meal, which would have obviously included bread and wine. Perhaps we can have the communion table slide. Thank you. So, the people that would have joined him at his table were, quite frankly, a right mixed bag. Jesus chose all sorts of people. They weren't an elite group, as the priests that we knew from the Old Testament. No, they were a small community made up of fishermen, tax collectors, freedom fighters, people known for their quick temper. And it was these that Jesus invited to that Passover meal instead. It was to these that Jesus shared the bread and the wine and taught them something radically new. That this bread was going to remind them of his body that would be broken for them. And that God himself was providing a way for all people to be in his presence through Jesus sacrificing himself once and for all. The wine would be a reminder of his blood poured out so that no matter who you are, you can know God's love in a new way. What a difference Jesus makes. What had once been exclusive and now, and now, to, and, uh, and now to this day has been made available to all of us. I want us to watch now a uh, video, and it's, it's taken, um, it's only a short video, it's a song, that re, um, reminds us 
of the variety of people that Jesus calls to his table. And the leaders that we see are ones that are taken from a series that you might have heard of called uh, The Chosen. And it's a really great, I cannot recommend it enough, it's a great dramatisation of uh, Jesus and his disciples uh, and him calling them um, and, and all the sort of the wonderful events and adventures that they, they go on together and how he ma- radically changes their lives. I can't recommend it enough. The Chosen. It's, it's, um, ask me about it afterwards and I'll, I'll ramble on about it for ages. Okay, so these are the images taken and the songs being put to them, reminding us that all sorts of people are called to his table. Thank you. Nothing left to give 
from his cup come to the table. You can never, so you sort of never get enough. So that you can never get enough of his love for you. Of his love for you. Oh, such precious, such precious love. Can we have the next slide so we can see it? Then it goes on to the chorus. Turn, so like that, one finger going around the other one. So turn your face down, turn your face to him. Let's go back. Turn your face to him. Let and let the feast, so it's like knife and fork, let the feast begin. Let's begin. So it's like striking a match, the start of it. So it's like that. Let, so we go turn. So turn your face to him. Let the feast begin with the angels sing. That's with, we start off wide apart, and it's with the angels sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the Lord. Okay. Now, you're probably like me, you get terribly lost, and that's fine. But we're inviting one another to come to the table. So, we'll remain seated as the deacons just put the elements onto the table, and they'll bring them up to the tables that are upstairs as well. All right. So, just remain seated, and, uh, and we'll have a go at this. And I apologise if it all goes a bit skippy. Right. Love. 
on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread. Perhaps one person on your table might like to take some bread. Stephen, would you like to go back to your places? Took some bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Perhaps you might like now, if you're not already, to serve one another the bread, but just hold on to it for a moment. And as you hold it, you might either like to close your eyes or you might like to focus on it as I lead you in a prayer. Lord Jesus, I bow before you in humility and ask you to examine my heart today. Show me anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride or unconfessed sin, any rebellion or unforgiveness that might be limiting my relationship with you. I know that I'm your child and that you love me. So as I take the bread representing your life that was broken for me, I remember and celebrate your faithfulness to me. Thank you that your death has given me life abundant, now and eternal life forever. And as you instructed your disciples on that last supper, I too receive this bread in remembrance of you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So we eat. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let me lead you in a prayer of thanks for all that the wine represents. Let's pray. Lord, as I take this cup, I remember that you are the supreme sacrifice for all my sin, past, present and future. Because of your blood shed for me and your body broken for me, I can be free from the power and penalty of sin. Thank you for your victory over death. You took the death that I deserved. You took my punishment, and today I remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave me through the blood that you spilled, and I am so thankful, Lord. Amen. And so we drink together with grateful hearts. And now I believe Adrien and Connor are going to lead us in prayers for the wider world. Please stand for prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today with humility, praise and thanksgiving. We are thankful for the opportunity to meet together to worship and partake of your holy communion. We are grateful for life, peace, good health and freedom. Many around the world are facing turmoils at this time. We pray for the people in Ukraine, Lord, and those who have been displaced due to the war, that you may grant them comfort and peace. 
Father in heaven, we pray for those who are sick, those who are hospitalized, those facing investigation for various concerns. Father, we, are, we believe you are a true healer and you can restore health and heal our wounds according to your words in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. We pray for those who feel excluded from society, whether due to their race, religion, sexuality, or disability. Lord, we pray for your wisdom and your understanding, and that we may treat everyone with equality and dignity. Help us to love one another as you have loved us. Finally, we pray for the members at Brighton Road Baptist Church. We pray that you may continue to be a blessing to the community here and also abroad. We ask that you continue to grant our leaders the knowledge and the understanding they need to lead and the strength to cope with all the challenges of life. In, in, Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Adrian and Connor. Do be seated. Some of you will have noticed that there is one other table that is here prepared. And, and I wonder if I might have four people that might be willing to come up. It does involve food, I'm just saying. Yeah? Yeah, Connor, that would be great. Oh, fantastic. Oh, please, please, please. Anybody else like to join us? A little bit, feeling a little bit peckish, Gracie? Excellent. Do take a seat. My chair. Right. Take a seat. Lovely. Fantastic. Okay, all good. Anybody else? There is one other seat. If anyone would like to uh, feel as they can get back down and back up again. <laughs> right now. Okie dokie. Right. Oh, what I didn't say, this is a slightly unusual meal, in as much as um, you're not going to see it. Okay. So, excuse me. Oh my. Right, I'm just getting this ready for you. Hang on. You're going to be glad it was just screwed, you know. Right. Um, parents, is this going to be a problem? Excellent, okay. No, just checking. Right. Is that right? Yep, okay. Right. I'm just popping it onto your plate and feel free to tuck it. <laughs> we have a thumbs up. We have a thumbs up. Now, whilst they're eating, do carry on if you like it. If you don't like it, obviously, you can just leave it on the plate. That's fine. But um, when I um, realised I was doing this come to the table, um, it reminded me of um, a part of one of my favourite uh, books of all time. It's part of a series of books. It's the last in the series, and it is called The Last Battle. And it's the last of the Chronicles of Narnia. And I absolutely love this. So not only am I recommending that you watch The Chosen, I'm also recommending that you read again C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, starting with The Magician's Nephew, through to The Last Battle. Now, in The Last Battle, there are some characters, some dwarfs, who are invited to come to a meal. And what's in front of them 
is lovely. There are trifles. Could you have the, um, the slide up there, please? There is trifles, there's beautiful cuts of meat, there is the best wine. It's fabulous. It's a feast. Now that I know what that, how to sign that, I will. It's a feast. And it's glorious. It's wonderful. But the dwarves refuse to see it. They're not blindfolded as these guys are. They refuse to see it. It's right in front of them. It's there for them to enjoy. But they will not do it. Earlier, we had the, the tabernacle table, and the people could not enjoy what was on the table. Jesus invites us at the communion to come to the table, but these dwarfs refuse to enjoy what God was wanting them to enjoy. And instead, they were convinced they were in a dark place, a stable, that they couldn't see anything, and they were bumping into each other. And they were convinced, they convinced themselves that everything that they were eating was horrible, that it was turnips and cabbages, although some of you, I appreciate, might like these things, but turnips and cabbages and hay, and that the, the wonderful choice wine that, that um, Aslan, the Jesus figure, was providing for them wasn't this wonderful, sumptuous wine. They convinced it was dirty trough water. And, and it upsets the children. Why, why can't they see that it's glorious? Why can't they enjoy it? And, and uh, Aslan says, they, they just can't. They, I give, they, they are able to, but they just won't. They just won't do it. And it sort of reminds me that actually sometimes God has prepared for us all sorts of things, maybe even for this week, opportunities for us to take. And we need to not be like the dwarfs, thinking and convinced and determined to ignore what God has, has prepared for us, but to take and enjoy those opportunities that he gives to us and, uh, and feed on the delights of what God has provided for us, whatever happens in the week. We might feel sometimes as though we're fumbling around in the dark, but we, and actually they, they were willing to trust me, but we also need to be willing to trust God. Trust God that he does actually know what he's doing, and that he can lead us into a light of understanding. And we can enjoy the opportunities and things that he spreads out in front of us. The dwarves, incidentally, the picture changes and they end up complaining, blaming one another for the situation that they think they're in. And they start fighting amongst themselves. And let's take that as a warning to us as well, that we shouldn't follow that example. Why waste our time in that way when Jesus has so many exciting and wonderful things prepared for us? Because Jesus has invited us to come, come to the table. And we can boldly approach in this life and thankfully because of Christ and what he's done in the next also. And we can claim a place at his table. As the poem that you might, um, some of you will know, and it's on, on your tables, you're welcome to take it away. It's one of my favourites by George Herbert. And it's this conversation between love and you, essentially. Christ and you. And 
At the end of it, he says, you must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. We are invited to sit and eat. And it's up to you how you respond to God's call upon your life. Let us close by standing, and if we're able um, to stand, if uh, we could sing um, uh, a fantastic hymn of praise, which reminds us that we can boldly approach. And can it be? Shall we stand?
blessing. As we leave this place, help us to hold on to the significance of being invited to your table. Help us to remember that you have prepared for us many wonderful things and opportunities this very week. Help us to share the good news of this message faithfully and delight in the opportunities that you give. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.